like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. Never. <laughs> like you play a game of League of Legends while trying to raise $285 million. Was also involved in a very similar scam back in 2010. Sam Bankman fraud. And just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome everybody to the emergency pod. Um, so today we're going to speak about FTX and the whole shindig that happened behind it or the behind the stories. We have researched, we have been following it all throughout. Um, yeah, what's up? Are you, are you excited? Yeah, dude, like I just, it's unbelievable that something like this is going on. Uh, we were not we were not supposed to talk about crypto for a while like you know but then here we are because it's just of such significance to everybody right uh, as in like investor institutional investors retail investors and like general public this just calls out a lot of things so i just think it's 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 important that we talk about this and share what we know with people yeah yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think we should, uh, we'll just get to it. So I, I want to start start off by uh, speaking about uh, SBF, who is uh, Sam Bankman uh, Fried? Fried? I like how you were about to go for fraud. Sam Bankman Fraud. Okay. Right. Because like, Okay, the reason why this is such a massive, massive deal is because, like, you know, he was known as, like, the white king of crypto. Like, you know, he's the savior. He was the chosen one. And just like, you know, everyone, like, you know, he's 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 caught and he's maybe on the run. Who knows? Who knows where he is, what he is doing right now? Yeah, no one except Larry David saw this coming. <laughs> yeah, I love that Larry David clip. We're going we're gonna to play it in the start of this. It's, it's amazing. Larry David for the win. Larry David for the win. Okay. So I'll I'll just deep dive. Let's let's jump in straight. Uh, I want to speak about SBF himself and how he became the white knight of crypto. So he became what a billionaire at the age of 29, almost 16 16 billion dollars was his net worth and that was all in just 4 years. 4 years of a time. So, you know, the wonder wonder kid as they all called him the fro of crypto okay and oh by the way i have the i have the look sbf <laughs> i didn't cut my head just for this just 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 for the sbf tribute it's the last time last time we can do this okay yeah <laughs> okay so moving on okay so uh in his early childhood his uh parents uh kind of like you know brought him up in um uh utilitary Oh, fuck. I can't say this word, man. You can't say this word. So I'll, let me just uh, tell clearly. Uh, it's the theory of morality. So basically it means uh, do action that cause happiness. Don't do anything that causes unhappiness. So he, he believed in this throughout as he was getting richer and he just kept saying, you know, I want to give back to society. I want to you know, help others. I don't, I, I don't want to be greedy. So even when he was a billionaire, he didn't own a, like, you know, the fancy Lambos and everything like that. Um, he just rolled on a Toyota Corolla and those kind of things. Oh yeah. No fancy cars. 
no fancy cars apparently but although he lived in bahamas but that's a separate reason probably like fancy fancy private jets and fancy private yachts <laughs> that's that's where all the money no 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 none of that none of that actually none of that so he just he bought a house in the bahamas where all the boys uh, in his company just worked over there pretty much most of the time and and uh, because look man he was actually a crypto leader okay he was helping with uh, you know he was donating for a, like a bunch of campaigns we'll talk about this later he was he was like leading he was working with these uh, legislators and the rule makers in america and like all these things and we have we have to we have a lot to thank to sbf about like you know he's done quite a bit so okay getting back to it he started uh, he went to mit okay he started working in a trading firm for like 3 years um quit that and then he found out like you know about like you know crypto okay and this is how he made his like first like you know couple million dollars and this is how he like you know he gained recognition he identified that there was an inefficiency in the crypto market and this is during the 2017 boom when like bitcoin was at 20 uh, $20000 and like you know it all exploded went out to like 8 or like 4k or something like that in jan 2018 okay so what uh, what he figured out this inefficiency is uh, is called arbitrage and uh, just to explain what arbitrage is it's the same goods or services that is sold at the same time but at different price points okay same product sold at the same time in different places at different prices so he noticed that in japan the i i don't know i'm just going to throw random numbers but uh, this is what happened in japan uh, bitcoin was at it was 10% higher so bitcoin was at $11000 versus uh bitcoin in the us costed just $10000 so he had to do the whole thing um uh, he had to buy low sell high basically something so like he that. would buy okay. from us at $10000 and sell it mm-hmm. in japan for like or, or the other way around basically he'd buy it in us for 11k and he would sell it in japan for 10k and then he would keep the 1k yeah 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 i mean that's what the arbitrage is but yeah japan had the premium Japan had a premium so most of the asian countries had the premium because uh crypto was still not like completely accepted by this uh there's actually uh, something fascinating uh more than japan it was actually korea that ha- had the crazy arbitrage of over 30% on average okay sometimes it was even higher and it was called uh, it was called okay fun fact it was called the kimchi premium okay so kimchi essentially is what dish, it right it's that yeah. cabbage cabbage Fermented cabbage yeah okay yeah with go- gochujang for my korean listeners <laughs> okay yeah so he would essentially buy buy the bitcoin in uh, us he would sell uh, he would he had to transfer the money uh, the bitcoin and sell it in korea or uh, in japan for the higher premium so he'll make that extra 10% and he would encash it in uh, the japanese yen so and then he would had to transfer the japanese yen back to uh, united states okay so he used to max out the amount of money that can be transferred which is 25 million dollars so he just kept doing this kept doing this and uh, he was making 1 million dollars a day while doing this okay Dude, how is this even regulated is this even allowed do you know that Yeah so uh no arbitrage is very common it happens a lot with uh uh your currency 
your basic currency market commodities also it happens as well so uh, arbitrage is a very very common thing is just that this high amounts of uh, money was unheard of okay because uh, the the thing is he had to get the money back into the us within the 24 hour period okay otherwise that whole like the the prices would get updated and uh, the whole thing would nullify okay so uh, the the story is like you know if you go to a, any bank and this is like what uh, back in 2017 right like you know you have 25 million dollars of korean money uh, or like uh, japanese yen and you tell the bank hey yeah i I'm, i need this money transferred to the us and and that is like the the definition of money laundering like every single banker would think you're money laundering so which is where uh, the almeida research was formed okay so which is the head fund or as they called it international crypto liquidity company okay so almeida research they formed they had an office in la they had an office in hong kong okay and they they called it research because like you know everyone's like oh it's just a research company they need the funds and like you know it's more like accepted to people like you <laughs> okay so he just did it under the even the name alameda is like you it doesn't strike to you as anything to do with, like that name has anything to do with crypto it's like yeah probably yeah. some kind of something like byju's or something you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't even Bijus is at least that guy's name, so uh, uh, that didn't make sense to me. Okay, like nobody knows what a Bijus. At least Alameda is the name of the city. Yeah, like w- what is Bijus? But anyway, now Bijus is well worldwide known because Messi yeah. hashtag yeah. Messi. Oh, okay, that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> we're digre- we're digressing. <laughs> okay, so this uh, yeah. So he he did all this. Okay, he he needed it to sound legit, and it 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 was very legit. I made our research. So this is how he made his first twenty uh, twenty million dollars. Okay, and uh, come twenty nineteen, uh, that's when he started uh, the uh, crypto exchange. Okay, and listen to this. By twenty nineteen. There were a lot of crypto exchanges out there. Okay, uh, centralized, decentralized exchanges. They were all there, and uh, this, and I quote, and I just want to quote because this is a very, very important quote. He says, "All the crypto exchanges have shit the bed. Over hundreds of millions of dollars have been lost. I need to change that." He said that, and that's where FTX. Yeah, he said that. He said that. Okay, it's a direct quote. Okay, so yeah. and then he started he started ftx he gained the trust of people you know uh, built for traders for uh, built by traders for traders you know the whole shindig okay he got the big massive sponsors the ambassadors tom brady kevin o'leary uh, the mlb umpires were ftx okay he went he went full byju on this <laughs> he literally went full byju on this okay <laughs> yeah actually even even further so he uh, uh, they even got the rights to miami heats na- uh, arena's naming rights dude that's massive that's even massive. the current world cup that's that's actually so Jeez. intense but you know even crypto.com has uh, their own uh, stadium like the staples center that is the lakers uh, uh, home court is now being called as yeah. the crypto.com center or whatever so 
Yeah, it's it's one it's just one of those things. That's just uh, that's just happening. You have to deal with it. So Crypto.com had Matt Damon in their um, advertisement during the Super Bowl, and it was like super cringe and those kind of things. So they they got like shut down with the whole uh, going big. Okay, so yeah, coming back. Okay, uh, very interesting thing happened. Okay, around this. Okay, so FTX has started. People are trusting it. He's getting all the sponsors, this ambassadors, and those kind of things. Binance was also an investor into the company. Okay, and Binance at this point was number one in the world. It still is number one in the world. Okay, they had massive liquidity throughout. Um, throughout the world and throughout all the exchanges they are the liquidity provider so it was great okay they were helping each other out and uh, this was a very good like marriage you know uh, that's what they called it in most of these uh, um, articles that i have read uh, so cz and uh, sbf were like friends okay B binance owned a big share as well a uh, couple years down the line okay uh, you know sbf was like hey uh, he wants to get his ownership back. Okay, obviously, I, I like, you know, we all know, like, you know, competitors, you can't, uh, you can't be like, you know, you can't compete in the same market, you can't be one or two. And like, you know, the number one owns you. I, I guess that's what was going through SBF's mind. So what he did was, he said, he told uh, CZ, who is the co founder CEO of Binance, that I'll buy back my uh, the share that you own of FTX. But instead of giving you money, I'll give you these FTT tokens, okay, that they have created. So, uh, yeah, that exchange happened. So uh, CZ owned almost $2 billion worth of uh, um, FTT tokens. And I think this is where the so-called demise started happening. Like, if, I, I, if this move didn't happen, then I, I don't think, like, we would be here today discussing SBF, right? Maybe. Maybe. Dude, so did uh, SB uh, did CZ own the uh, FTT tokens, or was it Binance that owned those tokens? Um, I think Binance was the investor. So Binance, as a company, invested into the uh, into uh, FTX, and uh, they invested cash. It's only when uh, FTX said, "Look, uh, we want to buy you out." they gave the tokens instead to Binance. Okay, yeah, but majority of the control is still by uh, CZ. So like CZ can actually make that decision. So which is why we refer to uh, CZ a lot because it's a, it's actually his tweet and everything that like, you know, I think that's where the so-called drama. And, and for those who don't know, CZ is the CEO of Binance, right? And he is, and Binance is a, a is a exchange is a crypto exchange just like how ftx is right so an analogy to this is just like how zeroda and grow and all of these exchanges are there in the regular stock market we have these kind of players in the crypto that is binance ftt coin switch coinbase, coinbase uh, wazirx all of these guys are uh, centralized exchanges that are out there mm. So, uh, what's up? I have a question for you. Uh, did, did you ever invest in crypto? What's like, anything? yeah. Uh, do you, do you have an account? Yeah, I have an account in CoinSwitch Kuber. Uh, it's an Indian based, uh, exchange and luckily they don't have their own tokens. 
Although I think that there, uh-huh. I'm sure, so Alameda is such a huge market mover that I think that, you know, there is some affiliation tied to Coinswitch Kuber as well. And by the way, a market mover, uh, do you know what a market mover is? Yash? Uh, yeah, like it, it's a market maker. Right? Yeah, market maker. Yeah. Market maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but explain. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so basically uh, when you buy or sell stocks, right, on a platform like let's say uh, FTT, you would not uh, really own a particular token or a coin uh, immediately. Like you'd see the transaction go right away, but then it will take some time for the transaction to actually process. So maybe in your account, let's say you're buying one ETH, the one ETH will immediately reflect uh, on the app, but for the actual transaction to happen and to be logged onto the blockchain will take some time. And all of these uh, multiple such exchanges will be tied to one particular body and this body is called the market maker, right? So this market maker basically has uh, a, a huge network of buyers and sellers and all of these exchanges are tied to that particular body and then they do all their trades with that body, right? So, and my point being that because Alameda Research is such a huge, it's one of the huge market makers and CoinSwitch is like a very small exchange. I think that there is some kind of an impact that I I can expect, but I've basically withdrawn all of my, uh, whatever crypto I held in these wallets, I've just pulled it out. Yeah, uh, I mean, the same. Um, I started actually around 2017 itself. Like, so right before crypto went to $20,000, I think I started when uh, crypto, I mean, Bitcoin hit around uh, $7,000, $8,000. And I was like hooked. I was like, (laughs) I was on day and night, just like, I didn't know anything about trading, but then I was just making money. (laughs) So I was like, oh, (laughs) that's cool. Yeah, and then I, I Which lost. Which platform did you so. use to trade? Straight Binance. Mm. I don't. I don't know how I found them, but uh, yeah, it was. It was. No. Okay. So it was this thing called cex dot dot com or something dot io or some bullshit like that. Okay. Um, but so when I when I traded, I made like a shit ton of money. Uh, I was trying to pull my funds, but for some reason, I just couldn't redeem the money. So I had to move it to Binance and then from Binance, I had to move it to a, a Hong Kong based fake PayPal. Okay. It's literally like does exactly what PayPal does, but it's like, it's like PayPal's ripoff. Okay. I don't even know what it's called. It was there for a while. And then it finally came to my account and just imagine each transaction. Like I had to move it and each time I'm losing 20, 20, 20%. And still I made above more than like 400, 5% in like, that came in my bank account, so I was like super happy. Damn. Do you still have any yeah. uh, any positions? Okay. No. So, uh, yeah, like as as an investment, yeah, I did have like some fifty dollars that was left because I spent everything in like twenty eighteen. So um, yeah, it was just there, and now I think I I haven't even looked. I think it's like at one dollar or something because <laughs> I made like long term bets. I like. And, and I just like forgot about it. I don't know. I wasn't an active investor in crypto for a while, but I, uh, and to be fair, like we hardly researched anything. Like even when I invested, I just picked these big, like most renowned cryptos that are out there, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, yeah. 
I also have a I also purchased Ripple and Litecoin because they were also like the talk of the tower at one point, right? Back in like 1819. So I I was just like, you know, uh, going with whatever people are telling. So we we weren't informed at all, right? So I think yeah. it's it's yeah. okay like to learn it. Sometimes you just have to take the hit and then maybe you'll like realize and be more informed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh funny you brought up ripple uh will sl- small tangent i'll do 30 seconds i'll just finish it um i was awake when like the ripple like first time like you know it just started booming it went from 0.08 no it went from 0.03 to some 3.2 or something in one night okay and i invested at 0.08 uh and i just kept like buying selling buying selling buying selling so yeah that was that was one of the days where i like raked a lot of money and this was overnight i'm just waking up everyone in the uh, apartment i was staying in the middle of the night i was like dude ripple is going up come invest invest so yeah it was super fun so yeah what's up would you like to do the honors of starting the drama okay yeah that it actually requires like a ribbon cutting and all because there's so much that has happened and there is so much that is still going on in this in this uh-huh. domain that uh you know this is an episode and this is like a docu series in itself okay so uh, i'm a, i'll give you a drum roll for that how's that sound yeah sounds good let's, let's go. go okay do we need to add a drum roll we can add a drum roll, drum roll here Huh? I I added a drum roll. You you couldn't hear it. Oh. Oh, now I do. <laughs> okay. 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 There we go. There we go. I'm still figuring out the system, but yeah, cool. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So uh, basically, this all. Uh, so you you actually set it up very well, but to like kind of encapsulate or summarize what uh, what FTX is is basically a it's a crypto exchange platform. It's a centralized crypto exchange platform wherein people can trade cryptocurrencies various cryptocurrencies so this is analogous to like how i mentioned earlier it's analogous to zerodha right wherein you can trade various stocks yeah uh, on zerodha on ftx you can do the same thing right now uh, just like any other company the ftx also has assets and liabilities right and the idea here is that you know you should be your asset should always you know be higher than your liabilities or greater than your liabilities because that is when you know even like so if let us say something tragic happens you will you, you will still be able to survive and like keep the company afloat right now um on november 2nd what happened was that uh, uh actually i just want to rewind a few more days before november 2nd sure uh, so uh, earlier in the month of october uh ftx was ftx was a talk of the town like you said yash right like everybody loved it and like there were a lo- lot of sponsors they invested in so much of marketing this qatar world cup was one of their they were they were sponsors for qatar world cup icc g20 world cup and you know yeah. all the stadiums so they just they were just so famous so popular they got all these big guys and everybody just loved sbf like as 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 a human being they just like they just thought him to be a very good uh they thought that he's the right captain for the ship right and they're just like yeah this guy is going to take us where we want to go so uh in 
October, uh, Sequoia Capital uh, became one of the investors uh, into FTX and the FTX at that point was valued at $32 billion. Um, and then, you know, they acquired some, they had, there was some kind of a deal that went through. And there is also a story that I read that this whole, um, you know, investing in, in into FTX was done in two parts. The first part was like the professional part and it was done like, you know, very, very diligently. Then there was another part, which basically was called a meme round. Okay. In this meme round, they raised $420 million and guess from how many investors? 69 investors. <laughs> this, it, this was called a meme round. Okay. So, but anyway, like, so all this, and they, and they raised 420. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Jeez. Okay. So they, uh, so they, they were valued at $32 billion and this was looking so perfect, right? Like on November 1st, if you asked anybody about FTX, they'll probably be like, yeah, this is all like fine. Like at least most people, there were some haters. People were still telling that this guy SBF is a scam, this, that, but then like a lot of people would probably be under the notion that, you know, SBF knows what he is doing and FTX is the shiz, yeah. right? And if you guys haven't figured it out already, SBF is the, I, I think yeah, you already mentioned it, but then S, SBF is the founder of FTX. So, um, so yeah, so then, uh, November 2nd was when things started going downhill and that's when like the whole avalanche started with a Coindesk report that came out. Now this Coindesk report basically said that there were certain assets that this company held and it also had certain liabilities. Now this is very natural in any company's balance sheet, but the problem with this specific company was that their assets were significantly lesser than their liabilities and most of their assets, which was more than 50% of the portfolio involved uh, holding FTT tokens which is a native token of FTX platform. Now, I just want to talk about what a token is, right? Like what, why is this such a big deal, right? So, uh, when companies, so let's say there's an entrepreneur or there's a founder and this founder has an idea or a product that he wants to put it out there. There is, there are a couple of things. He obviously has to raise capital to be able to do, to be able to, uh, uh, to be a support the operations that go into like providing that product or service. Now, how does he do that? He goes to an investor, right? Like when he goes to an investor, he borrows money and then he gives out something in terms of collateral, right? So conventionally, and it still happens a lot today. One of the ways in which founders do it is by giving out equity. So by, by, by getting in terms with the investor, they decide what is the valuation of a company. And then they'll be like, okay, because you're giving me this fraction of the total valuation, you'll be getting the proportional volume of shares, right? That is one way to raise capital. The other way to raise capital is by, because of this whole blockchain technology that has come out, we are now in a position to create something called as tokens. Okay. Token is nothing but a, a digital identific. It's a digital asset that that any company can have any individual can have even i can have a token yash can also have a token anybody can just create a token on any blockchain right and then we collectively give it a value right i will be like okay each token is value is is valued at this much and then 
people start trading on it now if they are really good tokens like nft is a nft nfts are tokens right so these are non fungible tokens so if they if they genuinely see value like for example jack dorsey's first tweet became an nft and they're like oh this is like one of a kind and we have to like you know we have to they, they people collectively gave it high assign a value yeah. to it collectively they gave a yeah. very very high value to it right similarly there are a lot of these altcoins meme coins and these shit coins that keep coming out and like nobody really values them because you know they are like pretty much uh, like the value proposition they bring is very small okay yeah i i have a question is this is this uh, basically what they call an ico yeah exactly initial coin exactly option? okay perfect. so this this process uh-huh. is called as an ico right like how uh, if we have an ipo like in crypto world we have an initial coin offering wherein this this the founder says that hey i have 100000 tokens and like you guys come you give me money and i'll give you that proportion of tokens and by owning those tokens you can do one of two things you get certain special privileges on my platform on my on the blockchain to do certain things or you can trade with other people right you can just hold those coins and then wait for some time for the value to grow and then you can sell them out for a profit right so this they can do one of these two things so this is basically how coins work and this is why coins exists and tokens exists right so ftt was one of the tokens of ftx crypto crypto yeah. exchange right they so and by the way ftx crypto exchange is a centralized organization it's a it's a it's a company that exists it's it's nothing to do with crypto it's nothing to do with you know blockchain decentralized decentralization none of these concepts come into play this is exactly like zeroda is but except that it is doing all the tradings uh, of cryptocurrencies right so uh, and it had a money maker as a back very conveniently right very conveniently yeah. yeah so owned also by the same founder yeah, yeah so mm. so uh, yeah. basically uh, in the balance sheet they found that they owned more than 50% of their own tokens right and they were saying that hey th- this is extremely valuable because uh, so uh, this is extremely valuable because you know like the trading value of this at the start of the was 50 dollars right so and this is one of the top top tokens that's out there in the crypto market this used to be at least right so uh, this this balance sheet was released and then this drew a lot of attention right this primarily because you can't really uh, ascertain a value to something that you hold a lot of it right like what i mean by that is uh if 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 you have like more than 50% of any tokens that's out like if if you are in possession of so many tokens that you have created and then you know you have all the power and ability to pump the prices of that particular token yeah. right so you can obviously create uh you can create this fictional demand for the token and you know you can inflate the prices so and this is precisely what they used to do as well they they figured out that hey you know we can basically keep increasing our valuation by doing this by pumping up the token yeah the value. mini icos that ha- used to have sorry the mini icos that used to happen on that uh, uh what was that cupcake app pancake right? swap pancake swap yeah. sorry pancake swap i was very close <laughs> cupcake okay okay yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. so, so yeah, so uh, this, this happened, right? Like, and this drew a lot of attention. People just started questioning this a lot because this is just not okay. This is, and 
the problem is this is not illegal right like there is there is no he hasn't committed a sin so far or he hasn't committed a crime so far but the, the but the point is that this is based on a very weak the whole company is based on extremely weak fundamentals the foundation itself is it's 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 not strong right and like hypothetically if the token value went down then the whole company basically collapses right so if your if your valuation is 10 billion and you hold 5 billion worth of ftt tokens in that uh, if you of that asset then uh, if the token value goes to zero then you are basically left with zero dollars so you are basically left with 5 billion dollars right the other five just goes to zero right yeah and i i and i i definitely think they were banking on the brand that they have built you know with um, all the sponsors that have happened and ftx being globally known and being number 2 so they i i i guess that's a fair assumption to make that their brand is so strong that they wouldn't need to uh, that they can do something like this like do a cheapskate ico and create these ftt tokens and base it on that uh, so called intangible valuation goodwill valuation that comes with the brand yeah, right? yeah. and the fact that uh, you know had it not been this was a leak that happened right this is not like someone disclose some this came out with this was never supposed to come out this was never supposed to see the phase of the light right but then here we are right uh, so they they never predicted they never ever predicted that this would happen so on um, on november 2nd this came out and uh, a, a, and twitter just erupted as soon as this happens and i love twitter for this dude like seriously like it it is so it is so sensitive to the signals that are out there in every single domain not just like crypto or like you know all these scams and frauds but also about so there are a lot of these issues going on in iran if you are aware like you know people are yeah yeah there is a lot of inhuman activities that are going protests yeah, going on and yeah so and they are so good to like there's a community for each of these right so this is this is actually really good uh yeah. what's there on twitter how uh, it definitely helped it definitely helped elon yeah. okay <laughs> yeah elon elon's like yeah we have the most number of daily active users yeah. ever <laughs> and like the whole crypto world is just crumbling yeah. over there yeah and uh, it's actually funny that uh, sbf actually uh, committed he's like he told elon is like yeah i'll i'll give you 3 billion dollars uh, to invest in to buy twitter and elon actually questioned he's like uh, so uh, there was this uh, t- uh, twitter account that shares leaked emails uh, internal emails so yeah and elon like straight up asked like does he even have 3 billion dollars like cash to like give me like how how does he even have it like uh, it's crazy ftt for the win ftt for the win okay but but yeah so, so see naturally right when you're going to push out 3 billion dollars worth of ftt tokens to someone the price is going to increase like crazy like the the because of the market movement that's happening of these individual uh, coin transactions right but but yeah so uh, this happened and then twitter erupted and then uh, cz who is the ceo of binance and who is also like uh, who has history with ftx uh, came out on twitter and he said that he's going to dump all his ftt tokens because of this particular thing that that the balance sheet is revealed right now when this happened like it just erupted a wave of panic 
right? Like someone as renowned as CZ is telling is saying that you know this is a point of concern. So people just started panicking and then they just started withdrawing whatever is there at FTX, right? They were just like you know we don't trust this anymore. We want we want out, right? Now. Uh, uh, SBF and uh, SBF and FTX were just like you know hey guys we have all the funds to back this right we have all the money to support all of your withdrawals don't worry we 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 got this this is totally under control right and he also went on to say that there are no solvency issues whatsoever with any of these companies right his first initial stance was we are totally safe there is nothing that can go wrong with us right and uh, and here's here's one thing that I wanna talk about uh, and why this does so a very simple a high level understanding of what this problem what this issue is is basically let us say I am a stock exchange right so and let us say Yash you come to me and then you're like hey what's up take this hundred rupees and then do my tradings for me so I will take your hundred rupees and then I will and you will say that okay put 50 rupees in ICICI and put 50 rupees in HDFC so that is what I'm going to do yeah. I'm going to take that hundred and put it 50 50 there Right? And then your value is going to grow, it's going to reduce, what, like a lot of things can happen based on how market is performing. But then you always have the right to come back to me and tell me that what's give me back whatever I have uh, I have made. So let us say one year later, your 100 rupees is now 150 rupees. You'll be like, what's give me the 150 rupees because I want to cash out, right? I should be in a position to give you that 150 rupees, right? I should have enough reserves in my, in, in my uh, company's balance sheet to be able to satisfy that requirement, right? So there are very, very stringent regulations for the conventional stock markets and stock exchanges, right? So any, every single company needs to have a one to one, uh, uh, you know, the uh, asset to the, yeah. uh, man, I'm not getting the term, whatever that's called. Like, do you know what it's called? Yeah. No, I don't know what it's called, but uh, I know what you mean. So for each, so I, I can explain it. So uh, regulation, uh, so say you invest one Bitcoin, you need to have an equal amount of Bitcoin in the bank to pay this person back because these are such uh, volatile, um, oh, whatchamacallit, uh, tokens and assets. Okay, you can't just have one reserve saying that, yeah, oh, the total market cap cost for uh, like this. So we own uh, 10,000 Bitcoin, that's all. Okay, we don't own any other currency. But like if Bitcoin tanks, the entire fund tanks to stop this, they uh, they have the one one is to one ratio. So you hold one Bitcoin and the, the, the exchange also has one Bitcoin. So this is how the traditional exchanges work. Okay. Uh, and if you're a bank, okay, the rules will allow you to use part of that and uh, use it to lend and invest money. But exchanges do not have the right to do that. And uh, Coinbase is actually very clear on this. So Coinbase works on this one, one is to one ratio. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So basically, uh, in a nutshell, like the conventional stock markets will have to uh, have like, uh, so if they, if they, if you have invested hundred rupees uh, in my stock exchange, then my, my stock exchange should have hundred rupees to back that up in the reserves. Right. So that, that is exactly what one is to one means. Now, uh, this is very stringent, like I said, in the, for stock market. But crypto, crypto exchanges and crypto and cryptocurrencies is like wild west, right? So nobody really knows like what's going on. So there are basically no regulations around it. There are no laws and uh, there are there are there are no uh, guidelines on like how certain practices have to be followed. 
as of right now it's entirely based on ethical uh, ethical decisions that the founders and these that right. these big that the big whales in the crypto market get to make right right and and uh, just to point out the the law and uh, the regulators are actually way behind okay like people are in us are still confused because the sec the doj or whoever these people are the regulators uh, they still haven't even defined whether crypto is a commodity or a security uh, it's still under like some sort of confusion uh, and even accounting practices there are no like standard accounting practices um, so it's a mess man and they need someone to clean this up yeah. uh, okay so yeah go ahead yeah so uh, so yeah that, so that's why it's important to really have uh, reserves in if you're a stock exchange right now with F, in the case of ftx what happened was that after cz announced that he's going to dump all of his tokens uh, and given that the more than half of the poor assets of ftx are ftt tokens uh, the the value the price of ftt token is obviously going to plummet and given that more and more people are selling because of this public tweet that cz put up it's just going to do more damage right to the whole situation so here is when things started getting ugly for uh, uh, sbf right because he was basically telling that hey things are fine things everything's okay and he was in fact telling people that he will pay everybody back he's like whoever wants to withdraw withdraw i am going to give your money back for sure right yeah uh, just just to just to add on like uh, over there uh, yeah it started with the tweet of uh, cz right but cz actually figured it out okay so uh, according to what i have read and this is my uh, like uh, understanding i'll made up i'll made a research uh, the money maker the this thing they hold uh, 41% of almeda's this thing is in ftt okay uh, their own this thing so what and this is where the fraud happened this is where uh, you know sbf became uh, uh, what's this uh, what was the thing sam bankman fraud okay this is where the fraud started uh, so uh, uh, sbf committed to a lot uh, to like you know uh, get some people out of uh, trouble so like um, what's this company man block fee so uh, he committed 250 million dollar credit line to block fee okay uh, to bail them out basically and then there's this thing called uh, voyager they uh, almeda committed 500 million dollars to like you know bail them out sbf gave uh, 5 million dollars to biden like right before he got uh, uh, elected okay and i think this year again he gave some around 38 million dollars and he has committed a billion dollars to uh, the democratic party people should be wondering like where the hell is he getting this money from right so what and like you know everyone just assumed that almeda almeda research and uh, ftx is making a shit ton of money because you know they're and we'll come to this later that uh, like you know their books showed that they are making like a revenue of like a billion dollars uh etc like you know whatever you know either it's been cooked or whatever it, on the book it showed like you know they are getting a huge cash uh, uh, uh surgeon so almeda was actually in trouble almeda research was actually in trouble so since almeda owned, uh, owned a lot of ftt tokens 
they took this FTT tokens and uh, held it as uh, uh, collateral. 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 That's the word. Uh, with FTX. So FTX, and this is where the biggest fraud happened. Okay. FTX is like, yeah, sure, cool, cool, we'll give you uh, the, the thing. But FTX did not have $6 billion to give them as a credit line, like cash. They took the customer's money. And that's when shit hit the fan. Okay, uh, they didn't uh, have enough to, uh, you know, pay people back. And because, you know, they're literally taking the customer's money. And uh, it's very, very clear that uh, you cannot use... Uh, customers money that they have put in the bank unless you're like uh, in their ba balance as operation cost to run your company and this is a very very clear statement unless you're a bank okay only banks are allowed to do that and only they're allowed to use certain amount they uh, there are many rules to it as well and that's that's where the fraud happened then CZ found out about this and uh, he used a term right in his tweet Mis mishandling of funds misappropriation of funds I think yeah yeah no 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 recent revelations okay. he said due to recent revelations i'm going to liquidate my entire two billion dollars worth of ftt tokens and that that started the spider yeah so yeah yeah so uh yeah he so basically it caused a lot of panic as soon as cz put out this tweet mm -hmm. and then uh you know the value tanked like if you really look at the chart of ftt token you'll just see that overnight this happened, right? Uh, the plummeting happened. Now, once this, now obviously the asset size, uh, the asset value of FTX would have shrinked considerably because of this. And their liabilities uh, has just remained same if not have increased, right? So now this calls in a lot of questions. Now this is like, okay, investors want to withdraw money you have liabilities like there are institutional investors who are involved in this like have you seen uh, you know kevin o'leary from shark tank is an investor in ftx right have you seen yeah. his uh, his uh, his take on what this whole drama like what his what he thinks about this whole drama no, no, no. I yeah, you should just watch. It's a very nice two-minute clip that cnbc covered it's mm -hmm. recent like a couple of days ago it came out so in that he basically uh, just agrees. He's just like, yeah, this is a mistake. Like this should have never happened. And you know what he says? He goes on to say that institutional investors will not invest even a single dollar into cryptocurrency unless there are regulations around it. Unless there are like, you know, guidelines and guardrails to prevent instances like this and like variants of this from ever happening again. But okay, so a lot of people, uh, so they, they were withdrawing and then like it, it, it all hit the peak. Like people definitely knew things are wrong when they stopped withdrawals. Okay. FTX oh. basically canned withdrawals. The whole withdraw button was taken away, which is exactly like what happened with Robinhood. Even the whole Robinhood saga in GameStop, this is exactly what had happened. And that, and simply because these guys are centralized exchanges, these are centralized companies, right? So these are, they have all the authority and power to do all kinds of things. And uh, yeah, they just like no more withdrawals. Now this started raising a lot of questions. Okay. They were like, you know, you know, fun, fun, fun fact, fun yeah. fact, sorry, uh, before we yeah. move, Sam owns 9% uh, of Robin. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> 
So not not that yeah. far. Not that <laughs> the apple doesn't fall yeah. <laughs> fall that far from the tree. Yeah, yeah. It's it's exactly yeah, what it is, go. right? Uh, and in fact, the CTO of uh, I don't know if it was CTO or if it was the risk management officer of Al- Alameda and FTX. This guy was also involved in a very similar scam back in 2010. There was a poker website right. wherein people would play poker, and then this guy would just you know look at the hands that were dealt to people, and then he would allow people from within the company to participate on the table and beat the actual real players you know so there was a cheat that this guy was running back then so like it's all these kind of people who somehow sam tried to sam found and then like he just started this ftx yeah he he was the lawyer for ultimate bet and uh they they like stole millions of dollars 10 years later head of compliance of ftx (laughs) yeah beautiful love how that worked out crazy (laughs) <laughs> so so yeah this um, so basically they stopped withdrawals and then like a lot of yeah. questions were being asked They're like okay now we really have to know what's going on right you can't just do this and that is when uh, they're like yeah we are facing certain problems and they called this a liquidity problem so there are two kinds of problems that usually companies face i just want to digress a little bit here the the first kind of problems that they face is the liquidity crunch or a liquidity issue Now, what this means is that as a company, you'll have a lot of assets, various kinds of assets, right? Like uh, a very simple example is gold, for example. Now, gold is something that you have in your locker. Okay. You have like, let's say $100,000 worth of gold sitting in your locker, but then that is not real cash, right? Like you need to be able to find a buyer at the price that you want to be able to convert that volume of gold to $100,000. If there is someone who buys it for lesser, then it's not worth hundred thousand. And if someone buys it for more, then it's it's more than hundred. It's not hundred thousand at all, right? So the point is that till the time you you have an asset, but then you don't have a buyer. You don't have the right buyer, right? So that is where you have a liquidity problem, as in you have the cash, you have the assets, but then you're not able to convert that into liquid cash. The second type of problem, which is a bigger problem that these companies that the companies face, is called insolvency issues. Now, what insolvency means is that you, you, you have an asset that is basically valueless. Okay. That is basically, um, you know, it has, there are no buyers simply because the value of that asset has depreciated so much. So you're not even able to convert, you have something, but that's worth nothing. Right. So that you can't, yeah, sell, you can't it. sell it. So that is when you, that is when you run into solvency issues and when a company runs into solvency issues, they end up going bankrupt. All their li- all their assets have been cashed out, and then they are just there is nothing else to do. They just have to file for bankruptcy, right? Mm. So uh, the, these guys started facing se- severe liquidity crunch, is what SPF said, right, in the start. And they're like, yeah, we will find a buyer, we'll we'll sort things out. And which is when CZ came in to the picture again, and is like, guys, mm. Binance will buy FTX from you people. He put out this tweet, and then it just. It, it calmed some people down, like some sentiments were soothed and they're like, okay, things might start looking promising again, people thought, but then, um, he signed this thing. He, so it was a non-binding agreement basically. So they were not obliged to right. go through with it. They were like, we will do the due diligence. And then like, based on top of whatever comes out, we will go ahead with the decision. 
right? So I I think on November fourth is when CZ said that okay, guys, let us um, let us uh, we 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 will we are planning to buy the company. And then on November fifth, which is one day later, he came back and he said that the state what I've seen cannot be unseen. I have seen like some horrible things, and there is no way in which we can go ahead with this deal because the kind of liabilities that uh, that um, uh, FTX has is something that is insurmountable, right? And that kind of damage cannot be taken by uh, by nuts. Now here I have like a very here's my take on this. Okay, I think. Binance knew all the way, all along the way, what it was doing. Like it knew uh, that they could have become the talk. There is, they just found a way to become the talk of the town. This is nothing to do with Binance. But then every FTX report that you ever see has some element of Binance involved in it. And whether they talk about, uh, you know, whether they talk about anything else or not, one thing they will talk about for sure is that Binance wanted to buy FTX, and then Binance would. You know, withdrew from the deal, right? So, I it, it's very hard to think that this was a genuine, you know, from the heart move wow. that was made. This was definitely there's some element of marketing agenda that was uh, some clever marketing person would have come up. With. Some yeah, something something is gone in the background that we we are not seeing completely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, someone someone gained a lot from this and like. The clear winner is Binance. Like you know, ain't no one touching them right now. I think Coinbase is doing pretty well as well. Yeah. Okay, so you want to talk conspiracies, huh? Okay, I I so thought it's just like, my okay. speculation. Yeah, like I'd like to use the word speculation because because uh-huh. uh, it's it's and they have just gained so much more popularity after this. They they have like a lot of they have just gained a lot just by saying that we will invest yeah. and uh, we will purchase and then backing away from the deal. Okay, so uh, I just okay. I just want to add. Okay, let let me give you my speculation. Okay, uh, CZ knew all along. Okay, but or or maybe he did not. He did not. Someone had to tip him off as to you know what's going on. Like you know why. And this one person, I I I think uh, King Elon was behind this. Seriously. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> he's like. Uh, you know when like um, SBF wanted to invest in Twitter, right? Like you know he reached out and he maybe Elon was like, you know, how the hell does this guy have? Does he actually have three billion dollars? Okay, but he rejected it. He rejected the offer, thinking that something is fishy. Okay, so maybe Elon, being Elon, he would have reached out, okay, and been like, you know, maybe something's fishy with, uh, you know, SBF. Like, you know, what is this? Like, how how does he have three billion dollars to invest? And I think uh, Binance invested in Twitter as well. Okay, so Binance invested in tw- uh, Twitter, and they're like, "Oh fuck, this this kid has three billion plus. Like, you know, he's giving a billion away to here. He's giving money here. He's throwing money here and here." Okay, so I think that's what gave it away. And uh, maybe Elon would have given the hint to CZ, and then CZ would have investigated, and then un- unveiled this entire thing as like, oh, "Okay, this." This is not right, and uh, yeah. So I think that's my theory. Yeah, that's a that, what do you that's think? a hot take. You know, that kind of brings a lot of people down at the same time. If this is actually what's going on, if, and a, and a lot of people up, and a lot of people yeah. up. So um, another thing. So CZ 
and uh, FTX, uh, SB, uh, bro, I'm, I'm, there's too many code words here. <laughs> okay, there's too many code words. Okay, CZ and SBF were, uh, you know, once that uh, sell-off happened, they had kind of like this battle going on between one and two, number one and two. Healthy competition, you would think? No, okay. Uh, SBF actually was playing dirty, like, you know, he was taking shots at uh, Binance. So, here's the thing. I, and I think there's a lot of politics as well involved, okay? I'm not well-versed with this, but this is my gut telling me. SBF invested 5 mil, Democratic. He, he, he has quoted so much. He's quoted $1 billion that he'll give to the Democratic Party. He was working with legislators and he was trying to push a bill that was supposed to come out very, very soon as well. And now that bill is put into pause. Okay. Then, one of the days, uh, CZ was in Washington trying to talk with legislators and everything. And uh, Sam took a shot on Twitter like, oh, it's really cool to see a friendly face in Washington, you know, uh, you know representing the crypto community. But, you know, is he, is he really allowed to do that? You know, like, taking a shot that, like, you know, he's not an American. Why should he be, uh, like, you know there okay why should he be in the uh, like you know we should, why should he have a say with the regulations and all that kind mm. of thing so i think there were like different uh, approaches so the tussle was there you can see that yeah there's a there's a tussle or something like that and man when this was uncovering on twitter the entire thing it, it felt like an episode from billions or something like that yeah. so and especially when hedge funds are involved Especially when all the, there's so much money involved and so many big players involved. Yeah. Okay. So CZ got hinted. He took it. He he found a he found the one thing that can destroy his next best competition. Done. Done and dusted. Yeah. He's a he. That's it. So so. Yeah. He, that was a good move if that's what he did. You know, like, yeah, you know. You have to stamp your competition when they have fallen, kind of thing. You know, if that, yeah, it was good what he did. Hmm. But yeah, and yeah, I mean, okay, so so CZ obviously was scared, like because taking down your number two competitor like that could mean like the end of crypto. Like obviously, the fear factor now in crypto is very very high. Like everyone's like, oh, I don't want to touch crypto. Like you said, many investors don't want to invest in companies anymore if there's no regulation. So, mm, little more, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear in the market. Uh, so, which is why maybe that move came where like, you know, Binance is like, yeah, sure, we'll buy him. Okay. To show that like Binance is the trustworthy one. Binance is the whale. Binance is the regulated. Okay. I, I don't know what coin coin uh, what's it called Coinbase was doing publicly, uh, unfortunately, because they're also massive. But uh, you know, so I think I think there's a lot of faith in these two centralized right now. So I think Coinbase and Binance are really really killing it. Yeah, right and the, and the thing uh, is that after this whole thing happened, right? Uh, CZ was the one who was telling that guys, let's show proof of reserves. Let us be more transparent and he's coming out like this white knight and then he's just like making the most of this entire situation that's gonna just propel him to and Binance to another level. Like if Binance gets through this and then if they will 100% come out stronger and they will be way more trustworthy than any. So WazirX went down. There was a scam that happened in WazirX as well. Uh, they were siphoning funds. FTX went down. Right, so a lot of these big players are going down, but Binance is the is the only 
it's an exchange that has only one that stays yeah, throughout. Yeah. So you see, like yeah. this is this got a this got to be one of those blue chip exchanges, uh, right? And BNB token is gonna you know have like a lot of value if if it gets out of this safely. Yep. Yeah. And dude, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure that Binance would have also like cut cut a few corners back in the day. Okay, because it, it it's been around for quite a while. Uh, it was at a time where crypto was actually frowned upon and nobody even like knew what crypto was uh the government certainly did not but it is an asian asian origin i i think it's from china right binance okay and definitely like cz would have to would have had to like you know cut some corners because china doesn't you know as you can say it's a little more conservative than your uh, uh, and you know when you look at america america also took a long time to adopt crypto and crypto exchanges and you know creating regulations so i mean it's it's all fair game like you know if you get caught you get caught i suppose yeah so uh, basically i'm just uh, i'm just trying to say that uh, the world was way more tougher when binance had to create their exchange uh, they they had to literally they were like one of the first to market um, and uh, as you know one of the biggest uh, rules in startup is uh, be second first uh there's a reason for that because like someone has already fought the war all you have to do is just ride the train and that's exactly what ftx did that's exactly what some of these other uh crypto uh, exchanges have done but binance were the one that really really had to fight it so uh, i mean if they have come out on top cz is is a very very good businessman very very good businessman and hats off to him because like you know he had to go against china he had to go against the world and like you know it's a powerful behemoth and uh one other thing um uh, binance is uh the major liquidity provider for many of these other crypto exchanges like coin dcx and vazirx i think even 100 of vazirx if i'm not wrong the entire liquidity is provided by uh, uh binance so they they pretty much run this entire crypto thing um just uh, to do a small quick tangent so i just saw this tweet uh and i think it's very relevant so there are centralized exchanges there are decentralized exchanges so there's a new one that's out um and it just like this was just tweeted like literally while we were just going to start talking so i don't know much about it uh but i just want to mention that there are people already in the works and they're using this opportunity to you know it it wasn't all for like harm okay sure a lot of people may have lost a lot of money but um, i guess i guess that's why the decentralization is required with some sort of regulation so i i don't know how that's going to work okay the security plus the uh, transparency maybe like you know more smart contracts into works uh, where everyone can see the everything that goes on i i i really don't know but um, this uh, this uh, dex it's called decentralized uh, crypt, uh, exchange uh, it's called uh, mm, we are excited to announce phoenix okay first time uh, first limit order book dex that uh, that is fully on chain non custodial and crankless okay there there's a lot of jargons over there uh, we'll like you know probably deep dive and explain a bit more as we go but uh, their main usp is on phoenix traders will get a fairer price and tighter spread compared to amms hell i don't even know what it is but i think this crankless is a big big word in the solana uh blockchain so yeah 
okay so um, so yeah basically cz wanted to buy at first on november 4th and then he backed out telling that okay i don't want to buy anything because the, the, there is too much damage there are a lot of knots that I have to unwind so we are out now the moment this happened shit just started ev- like everything went crazy okay uh, people were like okay what's next right sbf was like we're going to find find fund we're going to find financiers we're going to find people to keep this boat afloat he kept telling this he kept giving false hope to people all the time he was lying yeah. he was pretty much just lying throughout that's just not okay to you know like i mean yep. uh, if you're fucked up you're fucked up you've got to like you you go you got to own it up and then like you know be uh, be mature about it but then what he was doing was literally toying around with people's money people's money people's savings you know pe- people's hard earned like they would have had so much a uh, lot of so much of hope that is just like on their on their portfolios and it's just gone so yeah uh, so yeah this happened and then he was just like okay we're going to find someone we're going to find uh, some kind of a billionaire to like help us out of this mess that we are in or some company mm-hmm. uh, to help us out of this mess and then uh, this yeah. i think was uh, november 8th is when they filed for bankruptcy November eighth is when FTX, FTX US, and Alameda Research, all of the all the three organizations just filed for. It's called Chapter Eleven. We were like searching for the yeah. word yesterday, but yeah, uh, yeah. they they filed for bankruptcy, and then apparently SBF uh, is now un- under supervision in Bahamas, and uh, you know he's just you know people just yeah. want him to come back so that they can. ask him questions to say the least yeah so uh, he's been uh, uh, he filed this uh, chapter 11 in the us okay and uh, i was watching uh, an interview this morning with the ceo of coinbase brian armstrong and he he found that odd he's like why would he do just the us or why would he just do the us so something fishy went down there yeah okay uh, about him being uh, held in bahamas we don't know for sure because one i like to uh, mention that ftx got hacked oh, yeah, okay yeah. right when all this is going down yeah. uh with almost 600 million dollars that's just disappeared wiped out um and i think some are saying now up to a billion dollars but i think 600 million is something which is uh, like concrete right now and uh, if you have the ftx app or anything just deleted from your phone because apparently they have the virus that can uh, that's like i don't know hacking into your phone and those kind of things and just on the night when the hack was happening there there's a there's a plane people are uh, tracking all the planes that are flying into bahamas and flying out and then they they track this plane that's flying to argentina so and everyone's like oh Samuel is on the run. <laughs> he's going to Argentina. Some are claiming he's going to Dubai. Some are claiming he's going to Argentina. We don't know where he is. Yeah. Okay, but this money has disappeared and they were like, "Oh, uh it's a hack." Yeah. It's a hack. And uh, yeah. It's just uh, the timing of it all is like absolutely crazy because uh the hackers had access to everything. Yeah. You know, wallets, apps, website. Yeah. and people could not withdraw so this has never happened in the history of that application right like hackers getting this perfect time 
so mm. so yeah it's it's just very convenient uh, whatever uh, is going on right now for spf but i think honestly he should uh, you know own it up uh, you know as like you said like till the point that he did not siphon out the funds from ftx to alameda it was okay you know it was a genuine mistake that was done right but then the moment he did this that's when he crossed the ethical line and he was just uh, you know he just committed a fraud right like for the lack of a better yeah. word yeah and uh, and uh, not not just that okay so there's another report that's come out um uh, that sam actually had a backdoor on his bookkeeping system so basically on the on the books he kind of like cooked the books and uh, you know just said yeah everything's fine look look at the ledger look at look at my books it's all good the money is all there but then everything was like actually it wasn't it wasn't there yeah. um another another thing that i like to mention and like it's slowly coming out that like you know he was on uh, these uh, uh, drugs uh, i don't i don't know what what drugs he was on but uh, you know he was using stimulants to wake up he was using sleeping pills uh you know and he was enforcing his uh employees to use these supplements these extra supplements so i don't know man i just feel you know like i mentioned you know he was brought up with this uh um utilitarianism ah, you got the word utilitarianism i it's i have to break it down okay utilitarianism utilitarianism okay you know he was brought up with this that you know you got to you got to take action uh to give happiness and like um so his plan was i'll get rich and i will give that money away so he was so driven behind this whole thing that um there's a, there's a little bit of narcissism involved and um they say that uh, drug addicts uh it's uh, you know they say uh, the smarter you are the more prone you are to getting addicted to a drug right and uh, you know i mean sbf you know he went to mit you can tell like you know he's a high iq individual uh he's achieved so much he became a billionaire for years he's done all these things you know somewhere along the line you know these things uh, you know you you start thinking you're god you you start thinking you're the shit no matter what you do is that so talking about talking about that so here's something okay i'll put it up on the screen but uh, i'll just read it out to you and this is a sequoia document uh, that sequoia posted on their uh, website okay this is when they were raising uh, some I, i i don't know whether this was around the meme meme fund okay but um, he was he was basically raising funds and uh, he was in a zoom call with sequoia um, right so this this is what he said okay like he gave this pitch he gave this enormous pitch like you know people in sequoia loved him so much that they had to post this entire thing okay and it's super cool he uh okay uh, sbf told sequoia about the uh, the so called super app i want ftx to be a place where you can do anything you want to do with your next dollar you can buy bitcoin you can send money in whatever currency to any friend anywhere in the world you can buy a banana okay he said this to sequoia okay you can do anything you want with your money from inside ftx okay and the chat window in sequoia 
uh, on the Zoom chat just went crazy. Like, I love this founder, one of the partners typed. He's a, uh, uh, he's a 10 out of 10. Uh, someone's like, yeah, this is the shit. Like, you know? Okay, so this is what the uh, document says. What Sequoia was reacting to was the scale of SBF's vision. It wasn't a story about how we might use fintech in the future or crypto or new kind of bank. It was a vision about the future of money itself. Okay, with a total addressable market, the TAM being every single person on the planet. Okay, and, and you know, all great, great things was being told about him. And like some 10, uh, 10 feet away, there was someone that's sitting over him, sitting near him is like, oh shit, this is really cool. Like, let me go in his screen. And turns out he was playing League of Legends while doing this entire meeting. Like he was playing a game. <laughs> and and Sequoia was so proud of him, they posted this entire thing as well. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, that's is, is that what you do when you are raising money? Like you, you play a game of League of Legends while trying to raise $285 million? I mean, that, that was a red flag, but like nobody saw it. Nobody wanted to believe it. Yeah. Okay, so I feel the investors are are at uh, some sort of a disadvantage over here. Like they had some part in, in you know, feeding this guy. Yeah. Okay, they, there could have been hints all throughout and they just ignored those yeah. hints. They're like, no, this vision, this vision is so good that, you know, we'll just trust everything that you do. It, it's happened before. It's happened with like, you know, many of the um, uh, scams that has happened. It's happened with Nicola, yeah. right? It's happened with Nicola. So we spoke about Nicola Motors last uh, last episode. Go check it out. Okay, but the same thing happened. He sold a story. Okay, there were a bunch of red flags. No product raised. It all failed towards the end. So maybe maybe SBF himself ha was showing some some qualities, but nobody nobody cared because the vision was so good. Yeah, yeah. So you just need to be a good storyteller to be a billionaire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Why do you think I'm in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to learn storytelling and we're going to be billionaires. Yeah, and we're going to find the middle name of Nikola or Tesla. Yeah. Right? And name the... He doesn't have it. I, I, oh, I, I, I don't want to look it over. <laughs> okay. So, dude, I want to... Um, I, I googled it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, is there some lag that you can hear? Or is this okay? I, I think there's a bit of a lag between how we are speaking, but it's okay. fine. Dude, so I want to talk about what's next, right? In terms of, uh, you know, how is this going to, how, where are we going to go from here? Right? How do things look in the future? And I want to like tell a couple of things and you can also add, uh, to whatever I'm saying. Uh, one of the things that I really want to, uh, kind of emphasize on and is that this is no way defaming cryptocurrency or the concept of blockchain. Mm. Honestly, yeah. uh, you know, like I've, I've read so many articles and I've heard so many people just saying that, you know, Hey, cryptocurrency is always a scam. We always knew it. Yada, yada. This is not what is going on. This is not nothing to do with blockchain or cryptocurrency. Right. I, I kept throughout this entire episode, I kept telling that FTX is like zero thumb, right? So it is like any other company that's out there. It's a trade. It's a centralized exchange that deals with cryptocurrency, 
right? So I am still very bullish. Personally, I'm very bullish on blockchain, and I I I believe in what this technology can uh, revolutionize and what it can bring to the table. So I just want to call it out, and I want people to be more. Um, to be more informed about things before they come to conclusions or before they just like you know hey uh, I'm, I'm just never going to trust blockchain or cryptocurrencies ever again don't do that because there are so many valuable cryptocurrencies like blockchain uh, like bitcoin if you bitcoin is one such fantastic example of a perfect cryptocurrency and that's why so many people adore it right so many people are bullish about bitcoin so i these are two separate things ftx and blockchain and cryptocurrency basically are two separate things one is a totally centralized entity and the other one is all about decentralization do not mix these two things yes what happened had an effect on these cryptocurrencies and like this new technology that was on blockchain but it has nothing to do with the whole idea of blockchain itself right yes do you would you agree with me on that uh pa- partially okay. partially okay uh i don't think like bitcoin is the perfect <laughs> cryptocurrency but yeah i i know what you mean by that statement i understand what you mean by that statement um yeah blockchain bullish okay why just the the uh first of all the uh you mentioned in the, uh, in one of the previous podcasts about the voting system how the voting system cannot be regulated i mean uh, can be like very open decentralized and everyone can vote there will be no corruption there will be anything brilliant idea what a what a great use case about it i i i'm sure india should be implementing this in a couple years if i'm not wrong uh, but uh, i mean it will really solve like uh, I, i i don't know if a lot of people are tracking this but uh, i was having a friendly conversation with a friend and he was telling me that in us right now uh, some some states you know you don't even need a id to vote like and um, because of biden there are a lot of people that are just illegal immigrants that are entering america and they're giving the thing that they're giving getting the message that oh biden is allowing this so vote for him so since since there's no id you don't need a id to vote these illegal immigrants are just entering and voting yeah. so it's it's right it's pretty much right yeah. so so there is definitely a massive use case in terms of credibility like it will only get more stricter it will only get better yeah. now okay this is where you know everyone's going to put their heads together yeah. okay i i don't think uh, socialism is the way out i'm not a complete oh everything must be you know all wealth should be no 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 that's that i i don't know how we will survive as i don't think we are those kind of uh, hum- uh, beings okay there is a hierarchy there is a hierarchy in the jungle the lion is the king everyone knows mm-hmm. it you know and, and i'm a true believer of yeah. that okay and uh, no nepotism though like some some other if there's some other better species out there who can take down the lion take the take down the lion simple okay i believe i believe in the circle of life okay so yeah i don't know did i, did I go too far Let, let's bring no i think uh, okay yeah the baseline is uh, bullish on uh, blockchain and they should not really affect bullish on the technology yeah. bullish on, on the, the technology, technology and what it can offer Sorry. no that's absolutely right and uh, you know i, I it's 
like even all this while right uh, the the all the uh, if you if you listen to how vitalik talk like about vitalik stance on these things and if you listen to uh, there is one more guy called as nadir nadir is the founder of deso blockchain okay so all of these guys they always emphasize on storing your cryptocurrencies in cold wallets right the the problem arises when you put it in these central ex- so there are two kinds of wallets that are there a hot wallet and a cold wallet a hot wallet is something that is linked to the internet right like how you have in binance or an ftx or in any of these other platforms that is connected to the internet such wallets are called as hot wallets now the moment you store something in a hot wallet like what happened with ftx you will face issues like you won't be able to withdraw or like you know your funds get might get stolen if something gets hacked right so there are a lot of issues that come inherently with hot wallets which is why the the people who have built blockchains who are like who are the legends in the blockchain or the gods in the blockchain technology they always insist and they personally use cold wallets right so if if y'all have cryptocurrencies and like you know if you're if you're law if, if you guys are not feeling safe about where to hold it think about purchasing a uh, cold wallet you'll get it on amazon or any of these like regular retail platforms just get one and it's always there with you right you can trade whenever you want and like boom so yeah that's one takeaway uh, the other thing that i just wanted to mention is that uh, i just feel like inherently retail investors and institutional investors will be more cautious and will be more uh, vigilant going forward and like you said good things will come out of this this whole episode uh, so yeah it's sooner now than later now only like uh now i think about 5 million people daily transact on the entire of blockchain technology on blockchain right so there is still a good number of people almost 99.9% of the people don't even use it so it's it's great that it has happened right now and we can learn a lot and maybe we can build on top of it right so yeah yeah absolutely what do you think absolutely look it's a hurdle first of all we are in a bear market okay the entire like crypto industry is like oh we were just about to go out of the bear market but no you know we are all slammed back in terms of that we will rebuild okay it 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 will take some time yeah. okay but uh, not not before uh, there will be more damage i feel okay uh, this is my personal opinion uh, there were a lot of people that invested their money in ftx man yeah. a lot blockfi had money in it a few other companies had money in it okay yeah. now i heard uh, crypto.com could be the next yeah. uh, exchange that is in trouble so so not so sure about the next couple months but it's all about the bounce back yeah. and uh, yeah. if there's one thing we know like uh, some of some of these people are relentless that are working and they they'll bounce back yeah. so so uh, i i would just you know sit and observe for now and uh, just be on twitter and look and like try and understand what blockchain is what people are trying to do to solve this mm-hmm. okay and if you can think of other ideas over there okay and i think india will be the next leader in the web3 space because man we like you know solana was like definitely like one of them um uh, we have a lot of startups coming up around this coming up with solutions in india um 
and we're getting the support that we needed we have the talent over here and we like you know it's it's very important to pay attention to the market so yeah yeah that's that's my take yeah i agree with that so yeah i guess that's what it is cool is there anything else uh no i think we've we've pretty much covered all bases we have kind of you know tried our best yeah. to explain what we understand about this scenario about the situation and then we've tried till this point yeah, till this, til point. this point that's the biggest yeah. caveat of this whole thing who knows what's going to come yeah yeah and no, i think it was fun like i personally enjoyed yeah. following the story so much because every day i wake up something new is happening every single day like i sleep learn knowing something and i like, okay cz is going to buy ftx next day morning i wake up no that deal is not going to happen and then i read sbf telling that yeah guys we are fully sorted there is no problem next day they, 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 they fight for chapter 11 yeah and i'm just like what the <laughs> heck is going on <laughs> but uh, yeah it was fun yeah, just, just following just... the story too genuinely yeah and uh, there's this beautiful tweet i'm just reading right now uh, it's like uh, update since the ftx uh, collapse bitcoin still working ethereum still working defi still working lens protocol still working okay fundamentals haven't even flinched yeah wow powerful that that's that's beautiful yeah. so yeah it's it's actually the technology it's it's technology is working everything is there we should we should just find a way to completely automate this uh system okay there's a little bit of human human uh, i i think yeah it's basically a human error yeah. that caused this entire thing human error Uh, all the more why we need to have smart contracts if and, uh, yeah if if there were smart contracts in place then this would have never happened right like one person could have never siphoned out the funds if if there was a multi sig wallet that these guys maintain right. then like this can never ever happen because it has to be recorded on the blockchain right so so yeah that technology is very concrete very powerful totally no Yeah, and uh, there's this company called uh, Mensari. Uh, just to put it out there, like you know, uh, it's uh, it's a company that uh, I'm kind of like you know, uh, working working with. Uh, they build accounting solutions for Web three. So you know, maybe if they use some uh, outside company like Mensari, uh, maybe this wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have been able to cook the books, you know, because everything else is in like one separate database that these people cannot have access to, and it's more safer. and it has all this like you mentioned the multi sig uh, um accounts and everything integrated with um, in their platform so it's actually pretty pretty cool uh they're just launching so check them out i like what you did there i know <laughs> okay yeah uh i think we're good fine 